0: You know, I have to start off by telling you there's a problem. There's a problem in this church. There's a problem in every church in China. There's a problem in the churches in North America, South America, Africa, Asia, Australia, Antarctica, Oceania, Europe. And you know what the problem is? The problem is it's easier to work for Jesus than to walk with Jesus. It's easier to talk about Jesus... Than to talk to Jesus. And it's easier to think about Jesus than to pray. You know, Lucifer is not so upset if we go and dig a well for Jesus, or if we even plant a church for Jesus, or if we write a book about Jesus, or a song about Jesus, or even tell somebody else about Jesus. But really, what scares him is that you and I might abide in Jesus. And when that happens, He will abide in us, and all of a sudden, the light of the world flows through you and through me into Lucifer's very dark domain, and that, brothers and sisters, is why we, the body of Christ, are on earth today, is to be vessels through which the Holy Spirit can live and bring the life of Jesus to this world. We have a theme at Capitol called Abide in Me. It's the greatest commandment of all. Because to abide in him is to love him with all your heart, your soul, your mind and your strength. And then the next verse is the greatest promise in all scripture and I will abide in you. And that means the very life of Christ, the very person of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit lives in each of us as believers. Now, you've heard of agendas, hidden agendas. Well, the elders, my fellow elders have an agenda in this church and it's not hidden. But you're not gonna hear too much about plans. You're not gonna hear too much about programs. But what you are gonna hear about is our agenda. And our agenda is the person of Jesus. We're gonna talk about Jesus every Sunday. We're gonna talk about all about him. We're gonna hit him. We're gonna talk about him in one way. and another way, we're gonna talk about Jesus. We're gonna lift Jesus up. And there's three themes that you're going to hear repeated over and over. And the first theme you're gonna hear is the theme of grace. Grace, the first time you encountered it, I encountered it, is when we came to Christ. Grace is God empowering you and me to do his will. You and I were lost. God, by his grace, empowered us to hear the message of salvation. God, by his grace, empowered us to accept it. And God, by his grace, saved us. That's the first time we have encountered grace. And then the rest of our life is learning to draw grace from Jesus The Apostle Paul says, as you receive Christ as Lord. And how did we receive him? It's a hand of a beggar reaching out to a king. We bring nothing to the table but need. But as the hand of a beggar reaches out to a king, that's how we're saved, continue to walk in him. So that means every day when we get up, we get up as though we're beggars. We have total need. We are totally dependent upon him. Now, the truth of the matter is that doesn't happen in our lives. But that is the goal. That's where father wants to take all of us is that we will be as dependent upon him as Jesus was upon him. And when that happens, same thing that happened in Christ's life will happen in ours. The life of the father, the life of the son will flow through us. The next thing you're going to hear a lot about this year is love for God. So loved that he gave God was the greatest lover of all times and the greatest giver. So for us to love, we've got to give. So so if we're going to love God, we've got to give something to God. But what do you have to give God? you Are going to give him your time? It's not yours. Your money? It's not yours. (laughs) Your attention? Even that's not yours. Your wife, your family, your flocks, your herds? They're not yours. They're his. So do we possess anything that we can give him? Actually, only one thing, and that's our right to ourself. And as we give him the right to ourself, as we abide in him, then he abides in us. The next thing you're going to hear about a theme is brokenness. Chris talked about it some weeks ago, several times, brokenness. What is that about? It doesn't sound good. I don't want to be broken. Well, the thing is that we're so attached to many things that we abide in that we do not abide in Jesus. And when we first become believers, Father shows us there's some bad things we're abiding in, but the rest of our life is discovering all the good things we abide in that are not Him. And the extent we abide in our children's success... Abide in having a happy wife, abide in having a good career, abiding in having the right person elected as president of whatever country you might be from. To the extent we abide in anything other than Jesus, we don't abide in him. And when those things move and those things break, you know what? We move and break with them. So I could ask you, if you could take a little test yourself, am I abiding in anything this morning other than Jesus? Well, if you this week have worried about anything, if this week you have been anxious about anything, if this week you've been troubled about anything, well, you're anxious, you're worried, you're fearful of something that you're abiding in that's being threatened. And that's why our Savior says, in this world everything moves, everything breaks but me. (laughs) So do not secure yourself in anything in this world where everything moves and everything breaks. Because where we secure ourselves, where you secure yourself, there your heart will lie also. And you know what? My propensity for pain has gotten so low, I really don't want to hold on to the things of this world where everything moves and everything breaks because I don't want to move and break with them. But let all your security, put your treasures in heaven where moss and rust can't corrupt and thieves cannot break through and steal for where your treasure is, your security, there your heart will be. We don't have to give up our cars, our houses, our boats. We just have to t- give up attaching our hearts to them and attaching our hearts to Jesus. In a minute, I'm going to introduce four people who are going to talk to you about different ministries in this church. But I would like to share with you one ministry that the elders have for this church. Every week when we meet, we pray by name for every man, woman, boy, and girl in this church. Now we only pray for about 200 each time, but over a period of a month, we get through everybody. We can't do it all at one time, but we pray by name. And if we, between the five of us, most of us know one of them, but if we don't, we pray in the spirit everybody gets prayed for everybody and we feel that that's the greatest thing we can do for you to serve you is to lift you up before the Lord in prayer and we are committed to praying for everybody whose name is on the roster of this church every week now I'd like to introduce to you this morning Zach Anderson who uh, leads our teen ministry Zach would you come forward
1: Good morning. I've had the great privilege of over the course of more than 15 years working with youth and as those years went by I would occasionally meet people and when you meet people sometimes you ask each other what you do and when people found out that I would work with youth this strange look came over their face, and uh, they began talking about youth, almost as though they were talking about animals, (laughs) sort of shuddered a little bit and said, really? But they're so loud. Have you seen the way they look? Have you seen what they eat? And uh, perhaps it's true if If it's been your perspective to look at youth sort of from farther off, then it might be tempting to have some preconceived ideas about what happens in a youth program. But um, one of the things that I found interesting is that even the word we sometimes use, which is teenager, is not necessarily the best word to use because teenager is a very recent word. Teenager was actually first used just a few decades ago in a Reader's Digest article. Before that, they didn't call them teenagers, they called them young adults, or in some cases, just adults. And those young adults would do many of the very same things that adults today do. They would take care of younger brothers or sisters, much like a mother or a father would. They would take care of brothers and sisters who were sick. They built houses. They were ship captains. And what that shows me is if you have the proper perspective, youth can do so much. Now, this year I'm very excited. I'm very excited because I get a chance to learn from the youth. And I'm excited... For you, because this year, you will get a chance to learn from the youth. We want to take the perspective that if if God's the one calling us with his love, it's possible to be called to a a much higher level and to do things that maybe we first thought we couldn't do. The story that I always think of when I think about this kind of an idea and what I've been thinking about a lot when I think about this year happened a couple years ago before we lived here in Beijing. We lived in the Eastern European country of Hungary. And every Friday night, we had a meeting there for youth. And they would come, and there'd be some music, and there'd be some games, and usually there'd be a talk of some sort. And teenagers would come, young adults would come, they would invite their friends to come. This one particular Friday, a new guy showed up. His friends had invited him. He had never been there before. He was looking around, kind of exploring. And you could tell he had not experienced this kind of thing before, and he didn't expect that it was going to be as enjoyable as it was. So I walked up to him, we started talking, and... Got to know him a little bit, and then I said, look, uh, the meeting's almost done. Could I, could I drive you back to your apartment? He said, well, I live way on the other side of town. And I said, that's okay. So we got in the car. We drove to the other side of town. We came to this typical kind of old socialist era co- uh, apartment building, and he said, I live on the sixth floor, and he didn't get out of the car, though. It was like he, he still wanted to say something, and he, he said, Zach, I have had such a good time tonight. Some Friday, would it be possible for me to invite the students to come back here to my apartment, and we could play some games and kind of continue the the program here? And I said, that sounds like a great idea. And he said, okay, will you come up and meet my dad? Because then my dad would know who you are, and, and he would understand why I'm planning this. So I said, let's go up. So we go up six flights of stairs. We go into this little apartment, and this apartment is filthy. I have never seen an apartment like this before. There's his dad, standing in the kitchen, making some food, wearing nothing but a single pair of briefs, clearly not expecting a visitor, but real friendly guy comes up, starts talking, and after we talk for a second, his son, the the boy, said, okay, Zach, let me show you the room I had in mind for this party. So we go down this little dark hallway, we go into this room, and this room, just shelves hanging off the the wall, filthy laundry everywhere, uh, books lying everywhere, and, and there's this teenager standing in the middle of the room looking at me saying, this is the place, what do you think? And I, I don't want to discourage him, but I'm looking at this room and I, I said, well, yeah, th- th- this is a good room, but are there maybe some bigger rooms down the hall? Because I, I, I think maybe I saw that the hall kept going and he said, yeah, there are a couple of bigger rooms down there, but we can't go down there because that's where the other two families live. And it dawned on me that three different families lived in this filthy apartment. I was standing in the middle of this boy's room. And that evening, when he got just a taste of Jesus' love, his reaction was he just wanted to give anything that he had away. I like that so much because it's complete, unbarred enthusiasm. And it's the kind of love that only Jesus can put there. That's what we want to be exploring this year in the youth program, and if any of you are interested in being involved,
0: I'd love to talk to you. Thank you very much. Now we're going to hear from Tammy Watkins about small groups.
2: Hi, I'm Tammy Watkins. Um, sorry, it's hard to follow Zach. It's a great story. <laughs> kind of regain my composure. Um, I've lived here with my family for about the last nine years, um, and One of the things we love about ccc has been the opportunity to visit with other families in small group Um, so we've we've been a part of one since we've been a part of ccc Um, we have it we've had one in our home we've been to other people's homes Um, and so there's several groups that are meeting now um, that are the couple small groups some are singles some are mixed Um, there's a lot of different demographic mixes to each group they meet in different places all throughout this area Um, i'm not sure about any downtown but we know there's some on in the Yosemite area, the River Garden area, the Beijing Riviera area, so um, there's definitely small groups for everyone. If you're not a part of a small group, um, that's what this is for. We're going to have a, um, a ministry fair they've talked about earlier. We're going to have that in a couple weeks on the 7th, and there'll be some of the people there that have groups already um, that will have lists and sign-up sheets, and you can see who's a part of it and what goes on with it and what their plans are. Um, they meet different times each week. Um, Most of the time it's in the evenings um, because it's easier for couples to get together at that time with their families. Um, We know it's hard for couples. We know there's different groups you've heard, um, and I think you'll hear from some later or maybe next week, about there's women's groups, and there's a ton of those, and they're wonderful. There's wonderful men's ministries that um, I think Chris, my husband, will talk about in a little bit. But this is a time for couples, um, similar to the Alpha that Dan talked about. This is a time for couples to come together, bring your kids um, for the groups that have that, and just enjoy the community that God's provided um, through CCC and the and the local ministries here, and, and just the community. Um, so we'll be out, I'll be out in the, the four-year area if anybody wants to come and see us after church. Um, there's plenty to do, um, and, it, and it's, it's biblical. It's what Jesus did in the New Testament. Families came together, and, and some of them broke bread, some of them shared meals. Um, some of the groups here do that as well, but we encourage you to so just enjoy the rich part. Um, it will make being part of Capital Community and being in Beijing, um, it'll feel like a little bit more like home because um, the relationships are what last and what builds you and bring you closer to Christ. So that's it.
0: Okay, now we're going to hear from Chris Watkins about men's ministry at Capitol.
3: It's rolling downhill from Zach to Tammy to me. So... Uh, um, Uh, Many of you, we've talked about men's ministry last year, and so I won't uh, go too much into it, but just wanted to highlight some of the things that are going on this fall. Um, Really, what what I've experienced since I've been in Beijing with Tammy for the last nine years is that men come in with many different situations. Some come in fully gung-ho about being in China and wanting to invest their lives in other people. Some come in and had no clue about what they were going to experience when they got here, and the first couple months are unbelievably difficult. Uh, very confusing. It's almost what I would call a spiritual vertigo, uh, where you're just getting hammered by things in the workplace, at home, your kids and family adjusting. Uh, so there's many trials and tribulations that they uh, deal with. And then there's some men that come and they just, from day one, they're completely engaged and feel no, none of these kind of vertigo issues and seem to really be able to invest and give their lives away to other men very quickly. So really what we want to do is, is th- the men different men's ministries that are going on here at Capitol really are meant to support anybody in any one of those situations. If you're a guy that's ready to invest and lead, uh, there's a place for you. If you're a guy that's experiencing spiritual vertigo, need support, need encouragement and edification, uh, there's a place to do that. Right now we have, during the course of the week, we have multiple different groups meeting. We have uh, Taco Tuesday. Uh, Nathaniel, if you'll just stand up and raise your hand, there'll be announcements continuing going on about Taco Tuesday. It's a tradition that's going on for six or seven years here in Beijing. Uh, Thursday night, uh, Greg Gerties um, uh, leads a group over at Victor's, uh, usually around 7 o'clock to 9 o'clock each week. Uh, we also have a, a group that meets uh, Friday morning downtown in my office uh, in the CBD. So if you're a guy that works down in the CBD area and you uh, don't want to take your evenings but your mornings are open or your lunchtime is open, we meet every Friday, 7.30 to 9 and 12 to 1.30. Uh, also, on Sunday mornings, I know Chin Yu was doing a group. Uh, I'm assuming they'll be continuing that this fall. Uh, so in a couple of weeks when we have the, the ministry fair, I think it'll be a great chance for all the men to really connect into one of these different groups. Um, if you're a guy that um, is apprehensive about it, um, if you're not sure how to engage, again, please come talk to me or any of the other guys that, uh, that Greg or Nathaniel or uh, Chin Yu or any of the other guys you know in the fellowship. Uh, The last thing that we'll be doing this fall, we haven't set a date yet, but we will be doing another uh, retreat. We had done one last spring that was a a blast. Uh, It's, again, it's a great time for going deep uh, as men as we can continue to sharpen each other. Uh, Probably November time frame, but we need to look at the schedule with everyone else, but I want to let you know that we will be doing another retreat sometime this fall, Uh, so it should be a fantastic time. Um, Other than that, uh, I'll be outside as well, so if anyone wants to get connected quickly, uh, please grab me as you walk outside. I can get you uh, vectored into some of the groups that are going on during the week. Thanks.
0: You know, if you are a man in Beijing, you've got a big target on your back. You've also got one right here on your forehead. You take a little coal and soak it in lighter fluid and you light it, that little charcoal briquette will light up. But I tell you what, in two hours, it's white and gone. But you take that same briquette and you put it with a group of about 10 or 20, and it'll burn all day long and all night long. So, men, we need to gather around each other. Keep that fire going. Now, last but not least, Sister Annalisa is going to share with us about women's ministry.
4: My, my husband made an announcement last week that I will be a grandmother in May. And the, the son on the left in the back is the one who he and his wife will be having that baby just have to mention that to you um I my husband uh sent out an email to those of us who were sharing and he said something to the effect of like Annalisa bring a poem Chris bring a rose um from the message he did this summer and so I went ahead and I jotted some thoughts um Y'all, please be patient with me. I'm going to speak to the women, but I'm going to speak to all of you at the same time. Um, Joy lurks in your losses. Joy plunders your pain. Joy journals of heaven. Joy drink of parched souls. Joy scandalous in suffering. Joy, gift of his transforming presence. Joy, mark of his children. You know, we are called to joy. We are called to joy. And I have been experiencing joy in my home. Some of you learned last week when my husband shared that we have five puppies. And I hold those puppies... And I look at their little sniveling, squirming bodies, their pudgy faces. They're so hilarious. And they give me delight. I, I, I'm serious. The world stands still when I am holding those puppies. And it cracks me up. When I'm feeling stressed out, I just go in and hold those puppies. And everything stops. So I've been wondering, why? I didn't make them. Why does it give me such delight? Because they are his creation. I'm bothering to sit and gaze at his creation. That is worship. That is what we come into these doors to do, to worship, to listen to um, songs about God, to talk about what Christ has done for us, but... When we walk in these doors, this is just the threshold of worship. There's so much more. So we are called to joy. We are called to community. You can come through these doors, but I hope that you will then walk into a study group. You will go to the Mandarin coffee hour That Joanne is doing. I'm actually not going to name everything, but as I say these things, I wouldn't... You know what? I'll have you stand at the end. Um, I want the women who are contributing to all these ministries to stand up, but um, a small group for mothers of young ones. Um, uh, Saturday morning prayer walks. Um, We will be having a retreat at Maria's House of Hope And Nancy will be giving you opportunities to do compassion ministry and um, just so you know mark your calendars September 10 and September 12 will be a dessert night and a luncheon um, on a Friday for the women to a welcome back lunch September 10 and September 12 and we'll be putting that information out but I want you to see just any woman who is contributing to any of the ministries, that um, the Mandarin Studies, the Women's Studies, can you please stand up? Anyone who is, has a part in the ministries that are happening, please stand. We have, okay, Ruth and Jill and Bex and Nancy and Sheree. Anybody else? I'm sure we're missing more. Colleen's downstairs. She'll be doing Saturday prayer walks. You know, the problem is... We don't feel ready. We think, I've just got to fix this about myself first. Now, I just have to tell you (laughs) that I have to go repeatedly back to Romans 5. Because Romans 5 tells me about how Adam, if Adam came into this world and brought sin and death... How much more, then, can Christ and the act that he performed on the cross, the sacrifice of his life, how much more can that then give us life? And one thing I've discovered, we overemphasize what Adam did, and we underemphasize what Christ did. Here's the the truth. I need you, you need me, to invite each other out of Adam's world, into Christ's world. There are relational riches that we have yet to reach. We need to experience through each other, through looking and gazing at each other, at the creation that each other is, we need to experience the scandalously loving character of God The intimately concerned person that God is. The majestically creative one that God is. So, um, my invitation to you is to enter into everything that capital community has to offer. Because you will find out that in the spin that Beijing is, the world will stand still. And you will be in the presence of your creator. So I want to read you one verse, 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Please, all of you, let's discover Christ together. Let's discover that face in each other. Okay, we're not
0: going to have a closing song this morning, so would you stand for the benediction? I'd like to do something we don't normally do. Just take the hand of the person to your left or to your right. Fathers, we take one another's hands. We're taking, we're feeling life. Feeding the hands of Christ. This is your body. Your body is awesome. You fill this room with. Gifts. Talents. You fill this room with. Love and joy. Peace. Patience and kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Meekness. Self-control. You have filled this room with your spirit. Your, your very life. And we praise you for that father. The Lord bless you and keep you, the Lord make his face to shine upon you, may the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and grant you peace. May the Lord bless your going out and your coming in, your rising up and your sitting down, you and your household, this day forth and forevermore. Now who him who purchased us with his own precious blood and presented us faultless and blameless before his sight with exceeding great joy him be glory glory forever and now may the grace of the lord jesus christ the love of the father and the fellowship of the holy spirit be and abide with you this day forth and forevermore in christ's name amen